Welcome to the Davos in the Desert podcast series. My name is Mark Oliver, and I am the producer of the Davos in the Desert podcast series. Our podcasts feature thought leaders in business and public policy. Our sessions are meant to be informative and thought-provoking. The topic of this session is charitable giving when selling your company, and our guest is Tiffany House. Tiffany is a chartered advisor in philanthropy, certified exit planning advisor, and a fellow in charitable estate planning. Without further ado, here is David Wanatik, the CEO of Davos in the Desert and the host of our podcast series. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Davos in the Desert. My name is David Wanatik. In addition to being the CEO of Davos in the Desert, I'm a managing director at JD Merritt which is an investment bank, a boutique investment bank. About 65% of our business is representing sellers, about 30% is representing uh, acquirers, and uh, we do a little bit of uh, capital raising at the B round and beyond. Uh, the focus of today's session is charitable giving when selling your company. Our expert today is Tiffany House. Tiffany House is a tax and estate strategist. She's also a chartered advisor in philanthropy, a certified exit planning advisor, and a fellow in charitable estate planning. So Tiffany, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Glad to be here, David. Before we start with our questions, I should probably just uh, add a disclaimer. Uh, so I think I speak for both of us in, in saying that uh, nothing that we talk about should be construed as being legal, as legal or investment advice. Uh, this is just a free-flowing discussion we'll have. We hope it'll pique your interest, but uh, don't make any legal or financial or investment decisions based on our conversation today. So Tiffany, I gave a very brief background. I probably didn't do you justice. Maybe you can take another two minutes and just kind of tell us what you do. Certainly. Uh, so I call myself a recovering financial advisor. I was in the industry for almost 20 years and uh, we had a family business with my father. And we specialized in high net worth individuals. So the majority of our clients were all business owners and uh, really focused on helping them find tax advantage solutions. Actually, that's what we were known for. And we worked in 16 different states. Uh, so when I left my father's financial consulting practice, I decided to go into consulting, uh, helping other business owners sell their business in tax advantage manners. The, uh, the charitable component of it is definitely my favorite because I love it when I get to see business owners give back to the communities that help them achieve their goals. Uh, but also I look at other strategies as well. So when somebody is looking at giving a gift to one of their favorite charities or religious organizations, there's some smart tax advantage ways to go about it. And I like to help donors also give the most they can uh, and get the biggest benefit for their gift as well, tax benefits. Okay, great. So um, we'll get into some difficult strategies for most people that are not familiar with these different estate planning uh, techniques. Um, it, it's a bit overwhelming. So I suppose, um, what is the minimum amount of wealth that it would make sense to talk to somebody like you about? So Let's say I want to sell my business and I have some pet charities that I like to contribute to during or after I sell my business. Um, but I know that you know it's going to cost money in legal fees, accounting fees, uh, you know, your fees. So what's like kind of the minimum amount of 
who else would I need to, to have to talk to? Um, that's a great question, David. It really depends on how charitable you are. If you're very charitable and you know that you want to give, there's some smart ways to give that don't cost a lot of money. And it wouldn't take much of my time to be able to direct somebody to do like a donor advised fund. Uh, that could be a great strategy for somebody selling a business really at about any level. You can use a donor advised fund to pre-fund your future contributions to not just one charity, but as many charities as you like. Uh, and you give one gift and you get the deduction up front, and then you're able to make those contributions in the future to any organization you want. So with tools like that, there's no minimum. There's also things like opportunity zones. Uh, that's a $100,000 minimum investment. Uh, but usually with the charitable trust and more complex strategies that I work with, about a million dollars is where I can really come in and add value. And it makes sense for um, any tax and legal fees that might be associated with it as well. A million dollars that we anticipate putting into some kind of charitable trust. Uh, yes, if, uh, for a charitable trust uh, with a million dollars, I can take somebody who's not charitable and with the tax savings that they get, they all of a sudden become charitable. Um, that kind of, that threshold usually at about the $700,000 level uh, where when you uh, pull the numbers together and take a look at your tax savings and allow that to continue to grow, uh, that it makes it very worthwhile to do some of these strategies. So kind of a, minim, uh, a million is a good threshold. Okay. And if I'm anticipating on selling my company, does any certain percent of the proceeds of the sale of my company have to be directed into these various charitable trusts um, or is that a separate issue uh, if i sell my business for 300 million i only want to donate a million through a trust is that okay or is there a minimum uh, percent uh no that's perfect actually i've never utilized one of these tools for a hundred percent of any asset so whether it might be 25 percent 10 percent a million out of a 300 million deal uh, these tools uh, certainly work. Okay. And the um, organizations that I would like to benefit from the sale of my company, um, so I suppose um, 501 are are fine, are uh, um, religious organizations, are they typically 501? They are not 501c3, and I'm forgetting what section of the code that they are actually under, but these types of strategies work for any qualified charity by the IRS. So that includes religious organizations, as long as they're in good standing with their, uh, with their code section with the IRS, they can be recipients of these dollars. Okay. What about um, political parties or lobbying groups or special interest groups or think tanks? Uh, typically not, unless they uh, achieved 501c3 status. Okay. Um, so um, let's say we have a situation that I want to sell my business and um, I, I still need some, some income, but there's you know three or four different religious uh, groups I'd like to support or, or, or charities. Um, maybe you can sort of walk us through the process. Um, I guess maybe the preliminary uh, preceding question should be, um, 
should I sell my company first and then contact you? Or uh, should I contact you during the process of selling my company? Well, it's always best to get a head start on things. There are charitable tools and strategies, though, that will not work after the sale. So it is always best to look ahead. Even if you're three to five years out from your sale, being able to structure the titling of some of the assets so that it can be utilized by certain tools uh, can be a real benefit. If you're in the final stretch and you're seeing a sale coming down the, the pipeline in the next few months, there's still great work that we can do. And um, also there is, uh, I like to call it the uh, December planning tool of a charitable lead trust, which really helps out with income taxes. Now this wouldn't be the most efficient way to go about it. If we can do the pre-planning, we can do more efficient tools, but a charitable lead trust can also be a great strategy to help people who have already made the sale but look at their uh, tax bill in December and say, uh-oh, what am I going to do? How, how am I going to afford all these taxes next year? I don't want to pay that much of my hard-earned money uh, to the IRS. So um, as you talk about these different charitable trusts, how much variance is there from state to state? Or is it you know, very federalized you know, with, under federal legislation? Uh, federal legislation. So uh, donor advised funds, as I had mentioned earlier, which is just a really kind of a charitable savings account, uh, those are regulated federally, uh, but there are differences in providers. There's community foundations, there's private organizations, there's things like Fidelity Charitable, which actually is the largest charity out there right now because of their donor advised fund program. And uh, so there's a lot of different types that take different types of assets. Some of them will only want cash. Some of them will take business interest. Some of them will even take more complicated assets. Uh, so that can uh, certainly um, uh, be a, a tool to uh, get you where you need to be. Um, as far as uh, charitable trusts, which are really my specialty, I love working with charitable trusts. They've been in the tax code since 1969. They're also federally regulated. And uh, so uh, if you've ever heard uh, Jim Cramer of Mad Money um, yelling at you about what stocks that you should buy, uh, he'll always suggest that when he has a conflict of interest in him owning a particular security, he will say that it's owned by the Kramer Family Charitable Remainder Trust. Uh, so these tools have been used out there uh, for a long time. They're very well regulated and they're not under any IRS scrutiny and they are federally, uh, as I mentioned. Uh, so the states do, um, it does not factor what state you're in. Okay. And does age have any bearing on setting up these trusts, either at the age where you can set it up or does it have to terminate when you reach a certain age? So there's a, a one of my favorite tools is a charitable remainder trust. And a charitable remainder trust allows you to transfer a portion of an asset into the trust. And I always do a portion, like you mentioned, David, it's never 100% of the asset because you only put as much in as uh, tax deduction you need out. So what you can do is you can allocate a portion of the um, asset into the trust and sell that portion completely tax-free. 
And eventually, I, well, first of all, you'll be able to take income for life or for a term, term of years. And eventually after that term of years or um, the life or lives of the donors, uh, the money will go to charity. And because it's gonna go to charity in the future, you get an income tax deduction today. So there are great ways to be able to get income, um, be able to get tax deductions and do some great planning around these tools. Okay. Um, maybe you can just uh, differentiate a little bit um, uh, among these different trusts. So you mentioned the charitable remainder trusts. There's charitable lead trust and grantor versions and non-grantor versions. Uh, maybe just go in a little more depth on some of those. Certainly. So uh, there's three types of trusts you're going to see usually, but then there's a kind of a combination of two of them as well. So there's a charitable remainder trust, which I just discussed. Uh, when I look at this, I like to simplify it in as if you have a capital gains tax issue, you should look to a charitable remainder trust first. Um, next, you have a charitable lead trust, and a charitable lead trust is an awesome tool for estate taxes. However, there is a version of that, as you mentioned, a grantor-style charitable lead trust that works for income tax issues, or if you already sold your business and you're having a big tax bill, uh, you know, that's when that can come into play. And then there's a super clad, or I've heard it called an optimized clad, a charitable lead trust that combines the grantor style and the non-grantor style to ha have an income tax benefit and also an estate tax benefit. And the easiest way to explain how these trusts work is imagine an apple tree. So an apple tree is your business or an asset that um, you get to grow and nurture and you take that asset and you put it inside a charitable remainder trust and you get the apples for life. So the apples are the income. So they come to the donor. And uh, when the donor no longer needs the apple tree, the tree then goes to charity. Uh, so with this, uh, as I mentioned, there's some good tax savings. We can get into those details at another time. But with the charitable lead trust, it's kind of the opposite. We're taking that uh, apple tree and we're going to either give it back to us, the grantor style, or give it to our heirs or dynasty trust uh, in the end when we no longer need it. And those apples, that income is going to go to charity. Now, what I love about these, uh, these trusts is that they're so flexible. There's so much opportunity that you can do to shift things, to replace income, to give the charity certain percentages on uh, lead trust, to have it over certain terms of years that work out for you. So there's just a lot of great flexibility within these tools. And when you look at them, uh, particularly the charitable remainder trust with what you get out of it, it, um, it doesn't matter if you're charitable or not. Uh, so just know that even if giving away, uh, being charitable is not of your top priority, uh, you do get great economic benefits out of these trusts as well, too. So in some of these trusts, the donors can receive 100% of the annual income generated by the assets donated to the trust? 
Um, not a hundred percent. It would be a percentage dictated at the beginning of the trust. So with a charitable remainder trust, you're able to choose, you can either get annuity payments where they're the same amount every year, or it can be a uni trust amount that grows or shrinks with the value of the trust. The um, one stipulation is you have to take over 5% of the income. So uh, of the value of the trust, so it has to be over 5%. Uh, but depending on your age, it can uh, go up to a very high percentage. If you were in your 70s or 80s, um, you might be able to take a 10 to 20% uh, income each year for the trust. Okay. Can, can a donor ever uh, take out any of the principal in, in a trust if there's a life-changing emergency that he's dealing with? So that's why we want to do really good planning up front. The answer is yes and no. Yes, for charitable lead trusts, if something comes up and you want to dissolve the trust early, you still have to make the financial commitment to the nonprofits that you are going to pay out over that term of years. So as long as you make that financial commitment, make it early, you can take the assets outside of the trust and do whatever you want to with them. Um, with a charitable remainder trust, the answer is no. You're going to be receiving the income, but what's in the trust has to stay in the trust. Uh, and so that's why we want to plan to never do 100% of an asset. I've actually um, never done over 50% of any type of asset, any, um, any business sale within uh, these types of trusts because you want to make sure that you have enough money on the outside to do other things that you want to do and that you're just relying on the remainder trust for the income stream. Can the uh, trust lend the donor money? So difficult to withdraw a principal, but if, if there's a... No, the trust cannot lend money. However, in all of these trusts, the donor can be the trustee. So they can invest into things inside of the trust. You have to be very careful with self-dealing rules. You could not buy a vacation home inside the trust that you would utilize. You could buy investment real estate and uh, rent it out um, within the trust, uh, but um, you can't have anything that would be considered self-dealing kind of along with the foundation rules of are you able to benefit from it or not. So you get these nice tax breaks with these trusts because you're committing to the greater good. Okay. Um, do any uh, boards need to be appointed to these trusts or is it just one trustee? One trustee. Uh, you can be two trustees, uh, can be a husband and wife acting as co-trustees um, with successor trustees. And uh, you can do these trusts. Uh, I recently did one for two lifetimes of, uh, they were about 67 and 68. And we added a term of 20 years to pay their favored children so that they didn't have to leave they had uh, uh, three children and one of them they didn't want to have in their estate plan, but they didn't want to leave the other boys with anything. So they gave the two favorite sons a 20 year term of the income from the trust. So you can do some nice creative planning with it. 
as well. So if the trust is very large and you have to have people uh, manage it, um, is there, are there any ratios that have to be complied with as far as um, administrative costs relative to the total principal in the uh, trust? So there are administrative companies that can help you come in and run your trust. It is not mandatory that you engage with them. And yes, they will uh, charge on a sliding scale. What is required out of these trusts is tax returns each year. So if your accountant is very competent in these types of trusts, or you have a large accounting firm that has a trust department, they might be able to act as the trust administrator and charge you as they normally would. However, the trust can pay for any accounting and legal fees from the trust assets. So if you did hire an administrator or for your accountant to do the tax returns, um, those funds can come from the trust. And as far as the uh, charity that is receiving these uh, contributions, these donations, um, are there any compliance issues they have to deal with? Um, any downsides that they have? No, it's really kind of nice for the charitable organization. They can just um, sit there and accept the money. Uh, one thing that has come up before is donors have tried to make the organization trustee of the trust. I don't recommend that. Most charities that I know, they don't have a good legal team. They don't know what it is to be a trustee. And I, it, it just isn't the best use to, of their dollars. Um, so if the donor didn't want to be trustee, uh, they could hire a third-party trustee person. I would recommend that over the charity. Um, but honestly, I've done over 30 of these trusts and I have never had anybody but the donor be the trustee. I've had successor trustees then, you know, be children or something along those lines. But, um, but uh, we've always had it be the, the donor be trustee. And, and just, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, uh, just back to the point of uh, having to, if you do have to terminate the trust prematurely, um, are there tax consequences to that? Is it uh, very uh, time consuming and expensive to prematurely terminate a trust? So with the charitable lead trust, either the grantor style or non-grantor style, as long as you make your financial commitment to charity, the IRS does not care if that happened in year one or if it happened over a 20 year time period, as long as that amount is given to charity, uh, they are happy and there are no tax consequences. Now, if you needed to terminate the trust and stop payments to the charity, yes, there would be a reversion of um, some tax consequences on the portions that you did not pay out because you got often with a grantor style of trust, you're getting the income tax uh, benefits up front. So you would have to pay back some taxes. Okay. And can you change the uh, beneficiaries in the trust? The beneficiaries are written within the legal document that will be written by an attorney. Most attorneys are going to write it that they will be a uh, beneficiary, a successor beneficiary, 
And the good attorneys will probably put in there that if they come together, if there's two um, trustees, that they can choose another trustee, but it all depends on how the document is written. Okay. Um, that's most of my uh, questions. Any uh, final comments you'd like to make about the benefits or precautions people should take when they set up uh, a charitable trust? Well, with charitable trust, I think they're wonderful solutions. Like I said, the tax benefits alone can cause someone who's not charitable, if they have a million dollars to invest in one of these tools, to really uh, consider it. I have had quite a few people that I've worked with in the past that weren't charitably minded. I mean, maybe they gave some here and there, but they didn't consider leaving a large portion of their estate. Now, when you look at the tax benefits, so if you gave, if you put a million dollars into a charitable remainder trust and uh, you were able to sell it tax-free, when you look at our tax system right now, we're about 20% capital gains tax on, if, you, if you're able to put a million dollars in this trust, I'm pretty sure you're going to be in the highest tax bracket that year. So you'll have 20% capital gains tax. I like to kind of put in there about 5% for state taxes, depending on what state you're in. If you're in California, you're much above that. Uh, and then there's the 3.8% net investment income tax that a lot of people forget about. And that's a 3.8 tax. So if you're going to sell an asset inside a charitable remainder trust, you're able to save 28.3% um, uh, in taxes. That's almost 30% of your asset. Uh, that kind of tax savings gives you more of your money working for you so that you can get more income from this asset. And if you live to anything close to life expectancy, the money that you get from saving those taxes and investing that money, plus the income tax deduction that you receive up front for your future gift, and you invest those proceeds, the amount of money that you are able to um, get out of the trust is going to double what it would have been without the trust, regardless of charity. So uh, it can be uh, a, a significant tool to save taxes, keep those funds working for you, and do great good for our community, whether you want to have a charitable beneficiary or not. Okay, and maybe the last question for me, do the beneficiaries have to be domestic? Can the beneficiary be outside of the United States? It would have to be a charity that has some sort of domicile 501c3, they would have to have some sort of domicile here and be within IRS um, good standing. Uh, so there is the opportunity to find organizations that you know, have a, a greater good outside of the US but are still somewhat domiciled here, at least in good standing with the IRS. But one great thing about these tools, both the Charitable Remainder Trust and the two Charitable Lead Trusts is a donor advice fund can also be the charitable beneficiary. So, and it can be for portion or for all, whatever you want to do. I suggest when somebody creates a charitable trust that they make a schedule in the back of the trust and they list out their charities just in case they change their mind. But what a donor advice fund can do, I mentioned this earlier, it's a charitable savings account 
or a poor man's private foundation, as I like to call it. You don't have to be poor, but it's simplified because you don't have the self-dealing rules. Um, but the donor advice fund can be a way to bring the family together to make charitable donations kind of from beyond the grave or uh, even during life. So me personally, uh, I have 10% of my estate, my husband and I do, going to charity. We sat our three kids down and said, sorry, kids, you're going to get 30% rather than 33. And uh, we have a donor advice fund that we have our kids grant from each year. So they get to grant to two organizations and they have to do the research um, and uh, can grant from it. So utilizing these charitable tools not only can help you save more money, not pay taxes, um, get more money out of it in the end with the investment opportunities uh, of being able to invest the funds that you would be paying taxes on. But it also is an opportunity to create a culture of philanthropy in your family and to um, teach morals and values beyond just uh, leaving a legacy of wealth. Well, that was a great session on charitable giving. Uh, so thank you, Tiffany, very much for spending the time with us and uh, educating us. You bet, David. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. You're welcome.